away. Huberto walks in, makes a move, and he scores! Jonathan Huberto! And he scores! Alexander Markov! What a move! He's giving the Panthers the lead once again! Welcome to Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Florida Panthers. Here are your hosts, Jameson Olive and Doug Plakins. Hey everybody, welcome to Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Panthers, presented as always by Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. Doug Plagans, Jameson Olive here with you as always, and we've got an eventful show for you coming up. We'll talk win streak. Panthers have won 11 in a row, one off the franchise record, a chance to tie that franchise mark at the time of this recording tomorrow, Thursday night, 7 o'clock. Panthers return home to kick off the final homestand of the regular season, 7 o'clock tomorrow. That's Thursday against the Detroit Red Wings. FloridaPanthers.com, Ticketmaster.com, 954-835-PO to get your tickets. By the way, the Panthers have the Leafs on Saturday night at 7 o'clock and the Lightning Sunday at 7 o'clock at FLA Live Arena. You don't want to miss any of that. And then after that, the next time you see the Panthers on home ice is going to be game one of the Stanley Cup playoffs. So time winding down in the regular season. Don't miss your chance to get out and see this Red Hot Panthers team live and in person. Coming up in a few minutes, our featured guest this week, Panthers team physician Dr. Gotham Yagnik, joining us here on the program. We'll have that conversation coming up in just a little bit. Of course, Baptist Health's takeover night coming up on Saturday evening when the Panthers play Toronto. So that's coming up. We'll have the prediction game. Everything's staying put for now. Jameson, you've been at 10 points for the better part of the last (laughs) month or so. So we'll get into that coming up in a little bit. But Jameson, something I want to lead off with here. The Panthers have won 11 in a row and most recently coming off that 3-2 win in overtime over the New York Islanders. And for a number of reasons, this was a big win. Not just because it was the 11th straight, not just because it was the back end of a road trip, not just because it was on the road and come from behind fashion, a hat trick from Alexander Barkov, all things that we've seen before. Hard to believe, but we've, all, we've seen all those things mm-hmm. before. Not the 11-game win streak this season, but uh, the Panthers, they've won 11 in a row. They're used to going on tears. But that Islanders team they played, they're playing their best hockey of the season. They're not in playoff contention because all 82 games count. And the beginning of the season didn't go well for them for a multitude of reasons. But that Islanders team's playing its best hockey of the season. It's a veteran team. It's not a team that's in some transition or a rebuild. They've got an all-world goaltender, and we saw that on display. Plain and simple, the games the Panthers have had, and we talked about it the last quarter of this regular season, strength of schedule, that was not something that was very strong for the Panthers. Wins against Detroit, wins against Anaheim, wins against Buffalo, you got to have them. Every two points are worth two points, but at the same time, those are business trips. Those are games you just have to go out and take care of one way or another. But a win over that Islanders team, that's a legitimate playoff tune-up. That's a game where when you go into it, everything needs to be clicking the way that you want it to be clicking come game 83. And that was a big game to see the Panthers battle back in because, again, not to undermine any opponents, but it's easy to develop bad habits when you're playing teams like Detroit and Buffalo, 
where you really do, the Panthers, the superior talent's just going to take over. But the Islanders make you earn it, and the Panthers went out and earned it last night. Yeah, the superior talent doesn't always win, as we know, in the NHL uh, on any given night. And obviously, that game against the Islanders is very reminiscent of the game against the Ducks when John Gibson just stood on his head. Because Sorokin, uh, easily top five goaltender in the NHL, I believe. Uh, Seven shutouts this season, just uh, incredible. Second half of the year, especially. Yeah, he's been just on fire, and he was just standing on his head throughout, you know, the entirety of that game. So, once again, you know, maybe the Panthers of the past get frustrated, maybe take some penalties, maybe, you know, overplay their hands and let yep. up a breakaway the other way, things like that. That didn't happen. That's not this year's Panthers. Uh, they stuck with it. Alexander Barkov said as much uh, after the game, after his heroics. He said, you know, we just stick with it because we know if we do, the, the goals are going to come, the pendulum's going to swing back in their favor, and that's what's going to happen because, you know what, it's happened a million other times this season. It's what these guys do. Uh, 27 comeback wins, just incredible for these cats. I think uh, the stat last night was something like seven game-tying goals in the last five minutes of the third period this season, um, going into overtime, 12-2 and two in overtime this season, the Florida Panthers. You look at their record, obviously they don't need that to be in the playoffs, but they need it to have their record where it is now and be in that race for the President's Trophy. Uh, speaking of that right now, 55-15-6, tied with the Colorado Avalanche for the most points in the NHL, 116. President's Trophy very much in play. The Atlantic Division banner looks like it's almost locked up. Of course, some huge games this week to, to take care of that, but just overall... Like you said, the Panthers playing really great hockey at the best time of the year to be playing it. Um, I think the most impressive thing for me, obviously, we've seen the comebacks. We've seen this team score a million goals. But the fact they've only allowed seven goals in their last five games is something we've been talking about. It's been players have been talking about. That's obviously something they wanted to you know, clean up a bit with things on their own end. Bob and Spence have both been great back there uh, here. So for the Panthers... I think everything's kind of clicking right now at the right time, and uh, it's what you love to see. It was a great point that Billy Lindsay brought up last night. The Panthers, especially early in that game, when they were putting a lot of pucks on that. And that Islanders team, they play a strong brand of defense. They're very structured. And you could tell early in the game, the Panthers wanted to get things opened up, and they wanted to speed things up, and they wanted to get into that methodical, organized Almost a bit of organized chaos, that organized run and gun that I think if the Panthers knew last night, they knew that if they got that game into a run and gun, they liked their chances because the Islanders just don't have the firepower to get into a game like that. The Panthers would have loved to have seen that happen. They weren't able to get it hap- get it to happen. And as a result, the Panthers weren't getting the rush chances that they're used to. That said, Anton Lindell, Mason Marchment, and Sam Reinhart went to work, and their forecheck was very effective, and they were helping the Panthers generate the bulk of their big scoring chances early in the game, and they were consistent developing those chances all night long. But it just shows you how deep this team is and the fact that they come in waves, and if you're able to take away the rush chances, the Panthers have the personnel to manufacture chances from the perimeter and get in on the forecheck and do what you have to do to get things done, I guess, uh, the do the dirty work, get things done maybe the uh, yeah, less fancy way. And you talk about that, and obviously there was a lot of hype after the game, obviously, for the huberto barkov line coming together, and obviously big moments for them, you know, Barkey getting all the goals. But if you look at the, 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 the possession numbers, the underlying numbers, that third line, once again, dominant. Oh, uh, the Islanders never had the puck. Yeah, no, that third line was just absolutely spectacular, and that, they talk about it, grind it out. That line's going to grind it out so then Barkey's line can hop over the wall and score those goals. So, it's a team effort. It's depth. It's, it's incredible each and every night. But, Doug, I mentioned the overtime stats, and I think you know that's impressive in and of itself, the fact they're 12-2. And, and, and there have been some naysayers to that lately. And there have been a little bit, which is, is very silly, but the funny thing about that is what team can beat the Panthers in overtime at 3-on-3, three three, just given the fact the trios they can wheel out there 
uh, each and every game. It's just incredible. The fact you can even start with Barky Hooby and last night Gus Forsling is just that's that's unfair, I think. And I think the NHL might have to address that in the offseason, make some rules here against the Panthers to stop this domination. Kind of like an F1 when a team gets too dominant, they change the rules. Yeah, up. I'm not a rule change guy. I think we've already <laughs> changed too many of them. We should have stopped with that years ago with all the rule changes. But the, the most impressive thing that I found last night was of those 12 goals, nine different Panthers have scored a game-winning goal in overtime, which is probably the most in the league. I didn't have the time to look up that, but I have to think that's probably the most in the league. But, Doug, quick question for you. No points here awarded in this game towards the prediction game, but I'm just, I'm just curious. Can you name all nine guys that have scored an overtime goal for the Panthers this season? Huberto, Barkov, Bennett, Forsling. There's nine. Sam Reinhart. No. No, he doesn't have one. That's that, that's one of the surprising ones, yeah. Anthony Duclair has one. Yes. All right. Four Mc- more. Mackenzie Weger has one. No. No, he does not. You ca- you've called all these, too. Just I have called all these. Unlock them in there, in your memory. Aaron Ekblad. Yep, two. So, right, Huberto, Barkov, and Ekblad are the only people with multiples. They all have two. Okay, so it's really spread out. Yes, it was nine guys. Yeah. Anton Lundell. No. Does not have one. I'm striking out bad. That was that was my third strike. I'm out. So you um you had Hoobie, you had Barky, you had Eck, you had Duke, Carter Verhage. Oh yes. You had Benny, you had Forsling, Frank the Tank. You missed him. The Tanklin. And the His last goal as a Panther was at overtime. Yep, you should have had that one. And then Etu Lewis Dreinen. That's right. Etu, I remember that game has had some great shifts, earned that shift in overtime and scored. So yeah, not nine guys. Everything this year has been a team effort. It's how you score the most goals in the league. Every line has to be working. Every player has to be working to score as many goals as the Panthers are scoring right now. But it's still impressive when you step back and look at it. And like we've said, exhaustingly good this season uh, is the kind of year the Panthers are having. And it's going to be so fun to look back, hopefully way deep into the summer, just at all the stuff that happened during the regular mm-hmm. season. But, Doug, we're about to quickly throw all this away and just look at the postseason here pretty soon. Yeah, we we, we discussed that last night in the post game as well. And... I don't think I'm breaking any ground here, but people really only remember what happens from game 83 on. You can take everything from the regular season. Who won the President's Trophy four seasons ago? Yeah, it's it's cool, and it's well, it, we have a lot of great seasons, memories. Well, three seasons ago, and again, like that Tampa Bay Lightning team, they were outstanding, the one that didn't win the Cup yep. a few years ago. That was a, a borderline historic. I still hold. They Remember they tied the regular season wins record? I think they had 62. Mm-hmm. Uh, when the Red Wings did that in 95-96, there were no shootouts. Yeah. Much tougher back then. Yes. But that being said, Tampa Bay did tie an NHL record, I believe, that year for wins in a season. And nobody cares. Nobody remembers it. Because they went down in four games in the po- in the playoffs when they played Columbus. People remember that. <laughs> and that's what people remember. That's the thing. That's what people remember. All the great individual performances, all the great team performances. I don't think there's anybody today hearkening back to that year because of what happened from game 83, 84, 85, and 86. And we'll remember, but it doesn't matter what we remember. We want the greater NHL to remember correct about these panthers and but take- the other reason nobody pays attention to that conveniently if you're a tampa bay lightning fan you're 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 really forgetting about that because they went on and won two true. cups the true, next true, year true. the next two years and that's what people wanted that's what people remember and it makes it very easy to kick what happened before that under the rug and before we kind of wrap up this little look here and get to to dr yagnick uh in a second uh 
The Panthers, 11 wins in a row, one more ties a franchise record. I remember that. I, I, I was here for that, and that's so funny to think that they needed that 12-game winning streak. I was there for that. They needed that 12-game winning streak. That was kind of their second-half surge to really push into the playoffs and win the division and do all those great things, whereas this is really kind of a cherry on top here for the Panthers, and so much so that no one post-game or in the locker room seems to be talking too much about, like, yeah, we're so proud of this winning streak, or yeah, this is great. It's It really is game by game. It's not a streak. It's just 11 straight wins for these and guys. we said it a while ago on this show. But if the Panthers were in a situation where they were fighting tooth and nail for every point and they were trying to get into the playoffs or they were trying to secure a certain spot, their spot's all but locked up. If they were really trying to secure a certain position, then maybe we'd be talking a bit more about the streak. If this was a, a life and death situation with every single point, and I'm not saying these points aren't important because the Panthers are trying to get that top spot in the uh, in the Eastern Conference and the top spot overall, if they can get it. But I think we'd be talking a lot more about the streak if it was the biggest thing that had happened all year. I think the fact is we're at a point where this team's accomplished so much from a team perspective and from numerous individual perspectives that they all know this has been a great year it's continuing to be one but there are bigger fish to fry at this point the sights are set higher the aspirations are higher than a win streak in you know march and april yeah that's just where we are right now with this team. And it's a good spot to be in. I think you go from the players all the way through the fans. Even the fans, they love the win streak. Speaking on behalf of all of you fans, and we thank you very much for tuning in. I think the fans like the win streak. But I think even the fans would tell you, yeah, win streak's nice, but our sights are set higher at this point because we know what this team's capable of. And the of. funniest thing is, and I'm calling people out, and you, you can laugh because it's true, but the moment this winning streak ends, say you lose to the Red Wings you know, 4-2, even though the Panthers will have won 11 of 12, there's going to be people saying, oh, I didn't like that loss against the Red Wings. Uh, it's, it's unraveling. It's unraveling. All these crazy things. And that's great. Because like we said, this team is so good now that we nitpick. Oh, there's a lot of 11, nitpicking. 11 game losing streaks. Remember when ending. people nitpicked the road record? I told everybody. I said this repeatedly. All they needed to do early in the year was get into a rhythm on the road. They weren't playing They weren't playing a lot of road games. And all the underlying numbers on the road said they were the best team each and every night. It just puck luck, things like that wasn't going their way. Now here we are, Doug. Franchise record, 23 wins on the road for the Panthers. So once again, we love to have fun here. It, it is just so fun. And I do love that that bar has gotten so insanely high that we now just look at every loss so closely under a microscope to find, just look for things when actually, because the wins were so expected now, whenever a win comes, we move past it so quickly it seems like we linger more on losses because there are so few this season Doug and that's just the the the, the it's life as a great team and it's really fun I'm, I'm still getting used to it I know you are too but this is uh, obviously a great time for the Panthers and we'll get to some individual stuff but first let's get to our great chat with mm -hmm. Dr. Yagnik. Yep, let's get into that conversation right now. Panthers team physician, Dr. Gotham Yagnik, joining us again. Baptist Health's takeover night coming up on Saturday when the Toronto Maple Leafs are in town. And Territory Talk is always presented by Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. Let's get into this week's featured conversation. Panthers team physician, Dr. Gotham Yagnik, stopping by. Well, Dr. Yagnik, first, you've been around this team for a number of years now, and I just want to get a sense from you, feeling from you. This has been a historic season for the Panthers on the ice. At the time of this recording, they've won nine straight games, second longest win streak in team history, coming off another big win. I just want to get a, a feeling from you. What's it been like to be a part of what's been a really exciting ride so far and one that I, hope we, that I know we hope continues uh, well into the summer? It's been a very exciting year. Um, 
you know, every year is, is a different group and is, is really special. But this year, I agree with you guys. It, it seems to be uh, that there's a really uh, great chemistry uh, going on in this room, both from uh, the players, coaches, uh, the training staff, and it's just a very positive vibe. I think yeah, both the fans and, and yourself, I think everyone can kind of feel the fact that these guys really enjoy playing with each other. They support each other in the good times and uh, the not-so-good times. And I think because they're such a, a strong team and they got that chemistry, they have a chance to do some some really good things in the playoffs. Dr. Yannick, of course, you've been synonymous with the Panthers for so many years. Uh, you know, all the fans see you on the Jumbotron before games get announced. We always say you have the longest Ironman streak here just because you're always there announced pregame. But do you have more coworkers, patients, people coming up to you these days just wanting to talk about the Panthers? Because like I said, everyone knows your association. Absolutely. I think, uh, you know, with the success of the team, I think uh, it, it definitely elevates uh, their attention. Uh, locally, the fans have been amazing this year. It's great to see the fans uh, fill up the stadium as well as, you know, outside the tunnel after the games uh, when we're leaving the parking garage, you know, cheering on uh, the players, and, and, and that's really special. Uh, in terms of our effect, yeah, you know, it's nice. Um, I do talk uh, hockey with some of my patients, and it's nice to see that excitement uh, in, in my patients as well. Now, for you and your position, obviously, sport, sports by nature, it's always an evolving world. But in your profession, obviously, there's always a, a lot evolving. As we've gone into this year, whether it's uh, for COVID reasons or otherwise, have there been any uh, differences maybe this year procedurally than in years past? It's a great question. Uh, early on in the season, we were still under some pretty strict uh, COVID protocols. I think the NHL, as well as the Panthers organization, did a phenomenal job in managing uh, the team throughout this entire pandemic. And then as the year has rolled on and the numbers have come down, both in the community, the hospital, uh, the NHL and, and the team have, have started to loosen some of those restrictions, rightfully so. And so it's been nice to see, at least especially towards the tail end of the season, things really getting back to that kind of 2019 feel, uh, something I think we've all been looking forward to. And for yourself, Dr. Yannick, we've had you on this show in the past. We've talked about kind of your history personally, but just maybe over the last 10 years or so, or just uh, looking at that window there, we always talk about advances in medicine, and it seems like guys, not only with the Panthers, but around the NHL, around sports, you know, are coming back from injuries so much quicker than maybe they used to. Just what sort of advances do you think, you know, have led to that over the past decade or so? Um, I think there's a lot of advances, uh, both on the surgical side and also on the rehab side. Um, we're getting less invasive with with our operations, things like arthroscopic surgery, uh, where we're doing things through you know more things through the scope, less invasively. I think uh, the imaging and, and things like MRIs, weight bearing CTs to really understand, for example, lower extremity ankle type injuries, foot injuries, and really treat them appropriately, uh, and, and be able to get players uh, back doing what they love uh, quickly and safely, and then also a uh, a huge amount of credit for, I think, the success that a lot of our players have had in terms of returning to the ice has been our, our athletic training staff and, and physical therapy group. So that's led by Dave DiNapoli, our head athletic trainer, Tommy Alba, Tim Wittenauer are phenomenal at what they do in not only you know helping these players maintain through the bumps and bruises, but also rehabbing them through through pretty large injuries and um, and getting them back on the ice safely. And so it's really a team effort and a team approach. You talk about that team effort, obviously, DiNapoli and his crew are a little bit more forward-facing. We see them on the bench during games. Your team is more behind the scenes. How does that relationship work? How do, how do those interactions go with you and the uh, training staff? 
this is one of the best athletic training staffs I've ever worked with. Um, you know, we also take care of football with the Dolphins. We've got a great training staff over there. So I'm very lucky and privileged because those guys, uh, being so good, make my job much easier. Uh, and so we have a phenomenal relationship, uh, always openly communicating, discussing things. You know, sometimes if we, uh, if we have an injury, the initial, I, I tend to be a little bit more conservative. Um, and, and as, as the rehab protocol involves and as the players, they're, they're generally trying to push. And a lot of times uh, as they start to do better, we have this open communication and, and sometimes we can kind of speed things up a little bit. So it's a great relationship. Those guys do do tremendous work, and and I'm I'm lucky and privileged to be able to work with such a great staff. And for you, Doctor Yagnik, obviously in sports, every year comes with an off season where there's an evaluation. You go in, you look back, you look at the previous year, you look at processes, what worked, what can be done differently, what could be done better, things like that. How much of that is there with with your role after a season during the summer? Do you sit back? Do you say, okay, uh, you know, this happened. Maybe we do this differently next year. What's that? Uh, I guess annual evaluation process like, or is it kind of just a, an evolving thing that happens continually? I think it's uh, a little bit of both, you know. So at the end of the season, uh, we definitely sit down as a medical staff and look at, uh, you know, our injuries and and how we treated them this past season as well as previous seasons, and then we look at how we can do things better. So I think it happens uh, both at the end of the season, like you said, uh, but it also is happening continually throughout the season as well. And Dr. Yak, I got to ask, obviously the Panthers have been pretty healthy here over the last several years. Like you said, a credit to your work and the training staff's work. But just personally, how much, you know, what do you you feel when a player that you helped get back on the ice actually does get back on the ice and maybe has a big game or, you know, just gets back to being the player they are? Just how much personal joy do you get out of that? Uh, It's exciting. And it's a little bit uh, nervous at first as well, too. You know, (laughs) you want them to to perform and do well uh, and they're professionals and, and they're amazing at what they do. And, and part of it is, is their genetics and their work ethic. Uh, a lot of them work so hard uh, doing a lot of the work that we don't see, you know, with their rehab and their, their training um, to put themselves in the position to go back and, and perform at that level. So I think, you know, what we do uh, in the operating room is, is really, you know, only 50% at best. It, a lot of it is is their genetics and their work ethic and our training staff. Tons of exciting stuff going on on the ice for this team, but also off the ice as well. And looking at the War Memorial Project in Fort Lauderdale, Baptist Health obviously hugely involved in that. How excited are you to see that process evolve and, and that project come to be? I think it's going to be great for the organization to have a, a first-class training facility uh, for the players for the offseason and for practices, rehab, there's going to be uh, aqua therapy, all those types of things that I think uh, an elite uh, hockey organization deserves. And so I think it's going to be very exciting uh, to have that there, a brand new facility, and we're uh, very excited and proud to be a part of it. And Dr. Adam, I got to ask, just, just for our listeners out there that haven't listened to your previous interviews, how long have you been with the Panthers? So I started in 2011 with the team. Uh, my partner, Dr. John Uribe, who's uh, a legend in sports medicine and, and has been my partner now for over 10 years, uh, has been taking care of the team since, I believe, uh, 2006 or 2007. So we've had a long relationship with the team. And I think something all fans can relate to is when they go to a doctor's office, you see a lot of sports memorabilia. Obviously, you're in a unique position because you work directly with a team. So I'm sure you got a lot, like you said, a decade plus working with this team. I got to ask. 
Do you have a favorite piece of Panthers maybe memorabilia you've collected over the years? Probably uh, one of one of the nicest things that I have is uh, is an Ed Jovodowski jersey that was signed way back in 2011 after the playoffs, and that's uh, that's up in our office, and that's that's kind of special to me because that was my first season, and uh, we went to the playoffs that year. I think I've mentioned that in the past, mm-hmm. but that was a special season for me. And you talk about that first season, you go to the playoffs. This season, the Panthers heading back to the playoffs. Just how excited are you to get? to these playoff games and be a part of the, the magic that's going on here right now. Very excited. I think uh, the atmosphere in this building, particularly over the last several months, and, and we saw it last year in the playoffs, is really um, you know, second to none, I think, in the league. Um, so I'm hoping for a nice, long, deep run, even though it's a little disruptive uh, to our schedule. But, uh, <laughs> you know, we're looking – I'm hoping – I'm hoping my schedule gets very disruptive well well into June. <laughs> yeah, I think we're all hoping that this Panthers run goes, uh, as you said, well into June. And I think uh, if it were to go all the way till the end, the uh, very early stages of July, if the, if I believe I believe it goes uh, mm-hmm. potentially that far. So uh, hopefully we are all booked up for uh, about half of the summer. That would be the ideal situation for all of us. Dr. Yagnik, we thank you very much for stopping by as always. And always great to catch up with you. Appreciate the time. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Dr. Gotham Yagnik, for stopping by here on Territory Talk. Territory Talk is always presented by Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. Baptist Health's takeover night coming up on Saturday. The Panthers and the Leafs at 7 o'clock. You don't want to miss any of the action coming up. Again, the Panthers, three home games in four nights. This is the last homestand of the regular season. The Panthers and Detroit, that's tomorrow, Thursday night, 7 o'clock. Saturday at 7, the Panthers have the Leafs. Sunday at 7, Panthers have Tampa Bay, Pucks and Pints Beer Fest, presented by Funky Buddha, also on Sunday afternoon. Uh, Bill Lindsay and I won't be able to partake before the broadcast, although <laughs> that might make for some interesting radio come 7 p.m., but we will uh, refrain that day and let everybody else go I down and I think Katie might. They usually 21 and over. They usually, they usually let Katie Gauss do a little sampler video, so. Yes. She might partake. 21 and over, drink responsibly. But again, Baptist Health's take overnight coming up on Saturday. And Jameson, uh, Dr. Yadnick, kind enough to stop by. And Dr. Yadnick's become a friend of the program. Yeah, it was his third visit here on Territory Talk. Third visit here on Territory Talk. And he's been with us through crazy times here at the Panthers and in just the real world. Obviously, I remember talking to him during early, early COVID days and just all the great advice he gave us. But um, I think my biggest takeaway from that interview and – we always learn something new each and every time we talk to Dr. Yagnick, but I just love hearing the the relationship between the Baptist Health team physicians that have been here for so long doing such a great job and the team's training staff with guys like David DiNapoli, Tommy Alva, all those guys. I, it, behind the scenes, it, that is so important, and I think so many times when we hear guys come back from injuries, Barkov in particular, I even talked about this uh, after the game against the Islanders because he missed 13 games earlier mm-hmm. this season with a lower body injury. He said, you know, this training staff's incredible, and they helped me come back and be, you know, better than ever. And guys don't just say that. It really is true. The Panthers really do have an exquisite staff, both with their, you know, physicians and yep. Baptists, like I said, and the, and the team athletic trainers. Uh, and to hear just how much they love working together, to hear that relationship, it just goes to show you why, you know, that probably is true, because it is such a good unit back there. Just like the Panthers are a great team on the ice. The trainers and the physicians and all those people are an amazing team off the ice, and they've done such a great job recently getting guys back. And this season, you look at, like I said, Barkov, um, and of course, you know Aaron Ekblad working his way back. He's skating now. Andrew Burnett said he's on track. He's looking good. No bumps in the road yet. So at some point in the playoffs, Aaron Ekblad will be back as well. Knock on wood, it's looking good, according to Andrew Burnett. So 
it takes an army to 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 have a great season like the Panthers are having, and it's not just the guys on the ice. It's also you know the physicians and the trainers, and you know going even deeper. You know the PR staff, and you know all the hockey house people, and Bill Zito's incredibly huge staff scouts, and it just goes on and on and on. All the people that came together to make this season happen, um, and every season happen, particularly this season. So it's uh, great to hear a little insight there behind the scenes look uh, from Dr. Yagnik. Yeah, great conversation there, and we always pick up so much, and you can tell the excitement's there for him too. This team is. Uh, has given everybody a lot of excitement this year. And uh, I know he's looking forward to a long playoff run, just like we all are. So, uh, fun conversation there with Dr. Yagnik from Baptist Health. Doug, before we get to the prediction game, which I know you're itching to get to, because you've been leading 12-10 for a long time now. Like you said, I haven't scored in, I think, the the Katie Gauze episode might have been my last point. It's been been a rough go of it. But it hasn't been a rough go getting points for Barkov, for Huberto. No. So, I know it's a team game, and all the guys will you know talk team first. But we're not a part of the team; we're a little bit off to the side, um, so we can talk about individuals and, and have these conversations. And I want to just mention, you know, Barkov, like we said, you know, leading this team in goals right now, career high, um, thirty-seven goals, just I- I- incredible. Uh, especially when you given the you know given the fact he did miss, like we said, thirteen games earlier in the season. I, I did the math over full eighty-two right now. He's pacing at forty-eight goals, one hundred ten points, and that's with. The Panthers' power play being below average for the first what six weeks of the season. Now it's it's fine, it's clicking like it normally should. But he could be a fifty goal scorer in the NHL someday, and I, I wouldn't put it past him, especially you know when right now he's running point on the power play mostly. But when Ekblad's in there, um, he usually does like to set up in that circle and fire one timer, so he can score a ton of goals in the power play as well. When everything's working right, I definitely think Alexander Barkov could be a 50-goal scorer. And that's just crazy to think, considering for years we thought of him as, you know, first and foremost defensive. And then, oh, he's a defensive playmaker. And now he's a defensive playmaker goal scorer. And that's just, once again, total package with Alexander Barkov. Yeah, it's an interesting one because I, I thought a few years ago that he had the ability to do that, to score 50. And he adopted more of a shoot-first mentality uh, quite a bit, I'd say, during that 1920 season. Yeah. We saw him uh, really start to just – take matters into his own hands all those fans yelling shoot in the stands finally won Ah, well the thing with him too is there's not anything on the ice that he can't do and what's really impressed me when he's been up top on the power play he has such a knack for getting shots through it's Brent Burns like. He also in the has way that a he can get shots stick, through from the basically. Point. Yes, so he, he does. He's got that long stick. He basically, we call it a five forward power it's play. Like Yager's old stick. We call it a five forward power play. But Barkov's basically a defenseman on the power play with that stick. So it's almost it's it's a little loose in the definition there. I think. Yeah, but he when he sets up out at the blue line up top, it's hard to get shots through. But we see him do it quite a bit. And that's the other thing when people are out there, and I've heard this from a number of. When people are yelling, shoot, shoot, from up top, it looks like those lanes are all there. When you're down at ice level, those lanes come and go in the blink of an eye. It's it's not so easy. And you don't want to just rip it into a guy's shin pads. That's not how you no. build a good power play. But Alexander Barkov showed against the Islanders. He's shown multiple times recently that he can get shots through from the line, through traffic, and that is just so important. So he's been producing at an all-world level. And the other thing, you look at this team, the depth that – has been assembled here, has allowed him, I think, to put more energy. Well, first of all, his overall minutes are down. We don't have to see as many of those nights where Alexander Barkov's logging 25 minutes. So the the depth that this team has now has lightened the load on Alexander Barkov a little bit. Because the load is lightened, he's able to be even more effective with the minutes that he has. You keep him around 18 to 20 minutes, maybe goes a little over depending on the situation. But when his minutes are lightened a bit, he can put even more into those. He can put more... 
more emphasis, more energy onto the offensive side of things because the Panthers have they don't have to worry about throwing Barkov up against everybody's top line. He used to get the toughest matchup every night. Now they don't have to worry as much about matchups because of the depth overall that this team and has. And he's doing that thing more where we talked about it a couple episodes ago where you can tell, especially in crunch time or when something's going wrong and he kind of feels the need to, to you know, you know, use his captaincy to lead by example like he always does, where he really does have this beast mode that if you watch him every game, you'll notice it for, for spurts. And we saw that, you know, on the shift that led to the game-tying goal with him just winning individual puck battles, with him pushing other guys around. Um, and I think we're going to see a lot more of that beast mode come playoff time. I think he's been saving quite a bit of it. But when Barky does that beast mode Barky thing that he does, I don't think there's any player in the league that's better. It's just that that's you, you, no one can do that for a full 60. But in terms of when a player unleashes their unlimited full potential for however much time they can do it, with Barky's size, with that stick, with his skill, who's better than that? For for you know a couple shifts, it, it's it's incredible. So for Barky, you know. I'm so excited to see him in particular in the playoffs just for the fact that obviously he's the captain, he's having a great season, and you know he's just itching to get there and have a big performance. So that's going to be awesome. But Doug, before one last guy, obviously, before we get to the prediction game, Jonathan Huberto, because we have to get to this. We have to to run out of time here because some trophies are up for grabs. Jonathan Huberto assisted on all three of Barkov's goals. Just another ho-hum three-point game for him. No big deal. Just does that all the time. But 111 points now on the season. One more than Connor McDavid. Three more than Johnny Gaudreau, who just skyrocketed up into that race as well. He's having a great season. Six games left, Doug. Can Hubie fend off Connor McDavid? Obviously, that's a tall order. It's Connor McDavid. I haven't looked at the Oilers' schedule the rest of the way. I don't think the schedule matters really for either guy. I don't think it probably. I don't think it really does. They the Oilers the Oilers may the Oilers. I almost combined Oilanders. them with uh, the Islanders. <laughs> the uh, the Oilers need that was an era of hockey. Yes. Actually, the Oilers era. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> it was a, a stretch of nearly a decade in the uh, early to mid eighties. The Oilers need. They're in more desperation mode. Yeah, to get the wins, so that makes there's the good possibility that Connor McDavid may just play may just get more minutes down the stretch here because the Oilers just need these victories that badly to try and uh, solidify a spot. So maybe that comes into play. Whereas Jonathan Huberto, there's no reason to run him into the ground at this point in time. And the th- well, the one thing I'll say when I look at this is at some point in those six games, Connor McDavid's going to have a four or five point game. That's just what he does. He does that all the time anyway, yeah. Hubie has been doing a lot of that this season as well. Obviously, Hubie, though, is so consistent. I think he's, in his last, you know, 24-some-odd games, he maybe has two games without a point. He's Mr. Consistency, finding the score sheet each and every game. Um, Is Hubie also going to have one of those games? And definitely, of course, it's a possibility, but I think that's what it's going to come down to is whose big game ends up being bigger. Because I think each guy over the next six games is going to chip in a point or two each and every game like they always do. It's who's going to have the bigger You need a four-point game. game or something like that. Yeah. So regardless, this is just incredible that we're here with six games left and Hoobie's right there. The Not Art in the Ross race, is, in the race. The Art Ross is one of the biggest pieces of hardware you can get. No Panther has ever led the league in points. Yep. Hoobie could be the first. So just add, add another one to the, you know, the Panthers' watch here as the season winds down, whether it's the President's Trophy or the Atlantic Division banner. But now... It's also the Hart Trophy, the Art Ross Trophy, um, obviously the Jim Gregory, obviously you know the Jack Adams. A lot of hardware could be coming. Of course, the Panthers only focus on the, the biggest hardware of all right now, the Stanley Cup. But just so cool that you know the Panthers are in so many races right now. But like you said, I think the most exciting of those races has to be the Art Ross right now for Hubie. One point lead over Connor McDavid. Never thought I'd see the day that not 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 a slight on anyone, like not a slight on Hubie or anything, but Connor McDavid's always usually 
30 points ahead of the pack mm-hmm. this time of the year. So the fact that, you know, the Hoobies even not only there, but leading it, just uh, incredible. And I'm going to say, I say, I think I said on After 40 with Kevin Rogers, one of these recent episodes. Which, was, by the way, folks, if you've never heard it, award winning. We're still waiting for the award and a, the nomination, yes. but award winning. I don't think I've heard of the award, but we're winning it. Um, I think I said Hoobie'd finish with 118, and now looking at it with can Hoobie get seven points the next six games, I think um, it's very possible. Mm. It's very, that's nothing for Hoobie. But now it might be a little bit more than that. He might crack 120, but Doug, I got to ask, 100%, do you think it's going to be Hoobie winning the Art Ross? <sighs> I, honestly, it's a tough call, chaos, but I don't see any reason why he won't end up with 117, 118 points. I'm going to say right now, ultimate chaos, tie. What do you think of that? I like it. I think it's entirely possible. <laughs> I'd love that. So there you go. It's going to be a tie in my book. Hoobie, McDavid, tie. All right. We'll and, wait and see. And someone's going to look back at some footage of someone missing a point somewhere on an empty net in game 34 or something like that. And they're going to say, ah, that was the point. But regardless, I'll take a tie. I'll take, I'll take anything here. First is first. It'd be a great piece of hardware, and we wish we wish Jonathan Huberto all the best here down the stretch to we're, try and we're, lock we're that thing him, down. We're sending him that, those good vibes and that good energy. Yes, the uh, territory talk bump, if you will. I'm going to have to sneak him on just to get in the bump here down the road. We should what if we, on. you know, that's a, a good piece. If, if we went to him and said, hey, we need you on the show because history says. No, we don't the, need you. He needs the he, trend, he needs, he needs the, the trends say that if you stop by five minutes of your time, <laughs> you'll win this thing. <laughs> We'll get Art Ross on the phone. <laughs> no, we'll get, we'll, we'll, we'll get Art from uh, the greatest band of all time. From Everclear. Yes. Art Ross is not available, so we'll take Art from Everclear. <laughs> but, Doug, um, the most important hardware of all, the prediction game hardware... Taco Bell on the line for the season and running out of games. It's going to continue into the playoffs. We're going to continue this until the Panther season is over. So it could be going for a while now, but regardless, I got to make a move. I'm trailing 12 to 10 right now. You've been holding that lead for well, like a month now, it feels like. Mm-hmm. It, it's it, we, We've had a rough go of it here with predictions as we have all season long, hence why the score is 12 to 10. And I think you got half those points on one prediction. So it hasn't been a good year. For I was in a tough game. spot at one point in time. Yeah, and then Aaron Eckblad brought you back to life. So... Uh, what, what do I do here, Doug? I mean, looking at the schedule, of course, like you said, Thursday, Detroit, Saturday, Toronto, Sunday, Tampa, Tuesday, Boston. So four, four games. games. Four games to make something happen. What would you give me? Nothing. If I said the Panthers will shut out the Lightning. Three? I'd give you, th- I'd give you three. Yes, I'm going for it. Home big ice. swing, home ice, taking a big swing, taking a big swing. All right, I'm going to say for one point, as you should. That's yeah, smart, smart defense. Mason Marchment scores a goal. Okay, yeah, that's a good point. We'll close take- last night. Very close. Very last close. Night. Multiple times last night. He was all over the place last yeah. night. Yeah. So. The prediction game, Taco Bell on the line. I don't want any of that value menu either. This is <laughs> the real deal. It's a full combo. Combo meal, large drink. I might even get some cinnamon twists, <laughs> some of those donut holes. Maybe we'll even go for breakfast. Can't wait.
Can't wait. That breakfast box they have right now looks scrumptious. As, Saw it on as TV. Charles, as Charles Barkley once said, the $5 box, it rocks, it rocks. I don't know if I remember that ad campaign. He was, he was on like a Segway. It was great. Taco Bell used to have better commercials. The whole world used to have better commercials. I'm an old man. Now that, I mean, the best ones are anything with Peyton Manning. That's true. That's true. Territory Talk, as always, presented by Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. That's your best read ever, I think. You like that one? That was great. I didn't read it. I have it memorized after all these shows. True, true. That was I know great. my lines. You're peeking. I know my Feels lines. Just like the Panthers. You're getting hot the right time here on Territory that's Talk. The, that's the goal. That's the goal. And that was a closing thought. In the event, folks, obviously the Panthers want to win every game. In the event they get tripped up and this win streak comes to a close at some point between now and the next episode because they do play four games, and three of those are against teams that are going to the playoffs. This is where the tune-ups get serious Yeah, because you've got the Leafs, the Lightning, and then the Bruins on the road. If they get tripped up, they're at a point in the year they've accomplished enough. This team knows how what they have to do to be successful. A bit of adversity might not be the worst thing in the world because they've shown the ability to bounce you, back. You almost want those three games, the Lightning, the Leafs, and the Bruins, to maybe maybe even expose a couple things. You, you, you want those games to, and you want those teams to maybe help you find those last little things that you're like, eh, we thought we were good here, but maybe we're not. Let's spend a little bit oh, more extra time on this. And we've seen it firsthand against New Jersey, against Detroit. You can get away with things. But you're not going to be able to get away with those same things against playoff-bound teams. There is such a divide in the Eastern Conference. And the Islanders are kind of that dividing line. They're the the line, yeah. Yeah, they're the dividing line. The best non-playoff team that if the season were six weeks shorter, if if October and November weren't involved, that team might be in the playoffs. But uh, there are 82 games, and you have to play them all, and every two points counts the same. So, unfortunately for the New York Islanders, uh, not headed to the playoffs this spring, but they are that dividing line, and that was a, a very encouraging win for the Panthers last night. That's it for this edition of Territory Talk. As always, presented by Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. We thank you very much for stopping by. If this is your first time listening, if this is your 200th time listening, we thank you very much for being here on Territory Talk. And I shouldn't say being on Territory Talk, but being on board with us, being tuned in. Wherever you find your favorite podcast, you can find Territory Talk. If you have a friend who's never listened to Territory Talk before, go tell them to listen. And then tweet at me and Jameson. And then tell us that you told that person to listen at Doug Plagans at Jameson Cooper. And they'll tell two friends. And they'll tell two friends. And before you know it, this is just going to sweep across all of North America. And that's the goal. And beyond. And beyond. Hello to our European listeners. I know we have a number of them. Thank you very much for being on board with us. That's it for this edition. For Jameson Olive, I'm Doug Plagans. Thanks to all of you for tuning in. Thanks, Dr. Yagnik, for stopping by. New material every week. This has been Territory Talk, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Florida Panthers. For all your Panthers news and information, follow FLA Panthers on Twitter.